Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is just one verse of the psalm we said responsively earlier, Psalm 78, verse 4, where we read, We will not hide them from their children, but tell to them the coming generation the gracious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders He has done. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, we saw it again a couple of weeks ago. Annually, on September 11, crowds of people gather in New York City, in Washington, D.C., and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. In New York City, there is a moment of silence at 8.46 a.m., the exact time that the first plane crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. And the names of those who lost their lives on that day are read out loud, one by one. And even though most of us who were adults on September 11, 2001, can even remember where we were and what we were doing when we first heard the news of what was happening, even so, these annual observances take place so that our nation will never forget what happened on that day. And these annual observances take place so that those who were too young to remember on 9-11 or those who were born after 9-11 will hear about and learn what happened on that day. Well, in our text, the psalmist, not David, but a man named Asaph, A-S-A-P-H, a man we hear of elsewhere in Scripture that was both a prophet and a musician as he served God, that man Asaph has exactly the same concern, not about 9-11, of course, but about the wonders God has done. Asaph was concerned that God's people would forget about the wonders that God had done. Asaph was concerned that future generations hear about and learn about the wonders that God has done. Now, forgetting the wonders that God has done is not a concern that was first had by Asaph. In fact, God himself had that concern many, many years before Asaph wrote Psalm 78. And the concern that future generations would hear the wonders that God has done was also a concern that did not originate with Asaph. It also was a concern that God had many, many years before Asaph wrote Psalm 78. In fact, way back in the book of Deuteronomy, God proclaims through Moses the following words. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. But really, could God's people actually forget all the wonders that God had done? 
Wonders that included choosing them to be his people with no merit or worthiness on their part whatsoever. Wonders like miraculously leading them and freeing them from their slavery in Egypt, even parting the Red Sea in order to do so. Wonders like providing for them all their physical needs, the entire nation, for 40 years as they wandered in the desert. Wonders like giving them the promised land and defeating all the enemies of God that dwelt in that land so that they could come in and take possession of that land. Could God's people actually forget all of those wonders that he had done? Not only could they, but they did. After Joshua, the man that God had chosen to lead his people across the Jordan River and into that promised land died, and after the generation of people that went in with Joshua to take possession of that land died, a new generation came forth who forgot all the wonders God had done and forgot the Lord himself. And so we read in Judges chapter 2 the following, And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. Obviously, one generation had not told the next generation about the wonders that God had done. And forgetting the wonders that God had done led to the forgetting of God himself. Now, are we so sure that it would be impossible for something like that to happen in our midst and with future generations of ours? Are we so spiritually superior to God's people in the Old Testament? That's the kind of spiritual arrogance that Satan would love us to have because that kind of spiritual arrogance can lead to complacency on our part. Satan certainly doesn't want to see more children baptized. He certainly doesn't want to see more people instructed in the Christian faith. He certainly doesn't want to see more people confirmed in the Christian faith, confessing their faith in Jesus Christ. He certainly doesn't want to see more people receiving the Lord's Supper and receiving the very body and blood of Christ together with the forgiveness of their sins. And so he will try to lull us into a sense of spiritual complacency and lethargy toward the mission that God has given us here, namely to strengthen the saved and save the lost. He will divide us one against another as we pursue that mission, and he will cause us to be distracted toward other things, spending time and energy and resources on them when they really don't help and assist in the mission that God has given to us. On the contrary, there could never be a more critical time 
to tell the next generation the wonders that God has done. Back in 2018, the respected Christian researcher George Barna referred to Generation Z, the generation of people born between 1999 and 2015 as the first post-Christian generation. Because, he said, they are the first generation of people born in a post-Christian America. And he went on to say that his research has revealed that members of Generation Z are more than twice as likely to be atheists than any other generation before them. There could never be a more important time for us as a congregation to fervently proclaim to the next generation the wonders that God has done. Today, we are observing the first so-called Inspire Sunday connected with the Tell the Wonders He Has Done ministry expansion campaign. And we do so with the realization that for nearly 175 years, one generation after another has passed on the Christian faith. Each generation has told the next generation the wonders that God has done. Those wonders include the gift of life itself from God, God knitting us together in our mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made are we by him. Those wonders include daily providing us with all that we need to support and sustain this body and life. Those wonders include delivering up his own son, his only begotten son, who came to this earth and lived the perfect sinless life that none of us could live, and then offered that life willingly as payment in full to deliver us from our slavery to sin and to death. Those wonders include creating faith and trust in us in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit working through the water and word of baptism or through the word if we weren't baptized early on in our lives. And those wonders include keeping us strong in this same Christian faith. Again, the Holy Spirit working through his word and sacrament. For all of these wonders, we rightly give God the thanks, the praise, and the glory. But God wasn't just doing wonders 2,000 years ago. And he wasn't just doing wonders 4,000 years ago. He is still doing wonders today, right here in our midst. Three weeks ago, I had the joy of standing here in this pulpit and telling you about the dramatic increases we have seen in our school enrollment and in our enrollment in our early childhood center in the last three years. I had the joy of telling you that correspondingly, we've seen such a dramatic spike in the number of children baptized directly attributed to our school, our early childhood center, and our Parents' Day Out program. 
And I had the joy of telling you about the great increase we have seen in the last three years of adult confirmations, more than doubling. Well, today, it is my joy to stand here before you and tell you that in the month of August, we had eight children baptized. And again, six of those eight are directly attributable to our school, our early childhood center, and our Parents' Day Out program. On November 16, we will have our annual kindergarten kickoff. And since we limit our kindergarten to 20 students per class, we have a maximum of 40 slots open on that evening, November 16. That's the first time that parents can register their children for kindergarten next year in our school. I looked a couple of days ago. We have 42 signed up for that night. Two, obviously, on a waiting list. That means that without doubt next year, we will again have two kindergarten classes, and they will join two first grade classes, two second grade classes, and two fourth grade classes. We can hardly keep up with the wonders that God is doing here in our midst. If we don't do something soon, we are going to be completely out of room in that brand new school that we just entered three years ago. To God again be all the thanks and glory. Now some of you may be thinking to yourselves, well, I don't attend the Livingstone worship service, and I don't have a child or a grandchild enrolled in the school, so I'm not really all that excited about the Tell the Wonders He Has Done campaign. But as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, we don't only support those ministries that provide some direct personal benefit or blessing to us. So many of our offerings here at St. Paul's go to support ministries around the world to proclaim the gospel and administer the sacraments to people that we will never see this side of heaven. And we rejoice when that gospel is proclaimed and when souls are saved. In this case, it's happening right here in our own backyard, so to speak. Now, I know that $15 million is a lot of money. There's no question about it. It will take generous, sacrificial giving by all of us over the next five years, not three years. But now is not the time to become complacent or lethargic when it comes to the mission that God has given to us. Now is not the time to become comfortable with the status quo. Now is the time to remember the next generation, many of whom are seated here today, sang today, and are right here in front today for the children's message. Now is the time to think about future generations, people we will never see this side of heaven, just like our spiritual forefathers here thought of us so many years ago. Now is the time to tell the wonders God has done with both our lips and our lives. May God so equip us to do just that in the coming years. Amen.
And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.